0: Welcome to Ghost Turd Stories. I am your host, Troy Gent. This week, my guest is Joey Diaz. He served in the Army National Guard for six years. He ended his career as an E-5 or Sergeant. He fulfilled roles as an 83 Bravo, heavy and light-wheeled mechanic, cross-trained as a truck mechanic, provided convoy security in Iraq, and was on a wrecker recovery team among other duties. His battalion deployed to Ramadi, Iraq in the early 2000s and also provided security for the 2002 Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City, Utah. He now has his own company and lives with his beautiful family only minutes from my home. Hello everyone and welcome to Ghost Turd Stories. I'm your host, Troy Gent. Ghost Heard Stories' mission is using humorous stories from veterans and first responders to reduce the burden of families whose veteran or first responder committed suicide. Ghost Heard Stories' vision is to use humor from veteran and first responder stories to prevent suicide within our ranks and reduce the burden of families whose veteran or first responder committed suicide. We hoped to attract veterans and first responders as well as those interested in knowing more about what it's like to be in our shoes while we wear or wore those shoes. Uh, Welcome everybody. My guest this week for the introduction is Joey Diaz. Welcome, Joey. Tell us a little bit about your introduction to the National Guard, why you joined, and uh, where you went to basic and things.
1: So, uh, growing up as a kid, I, I poor, I guess. That's where I came from just a hard life ah, I wasn't that hard I had a great life uh, small town but thinking back when I was in high school you know the, the question was is what's next what's your ambition where you where, where are you heading to and I'd like the idea of college man but I couldn't afford it so naturally it was drawn to I was drawn to it not because I chose it honestly it was just at the time there was a lot of a lot of other high schooler guys bros that I I've known to this day that kind of recruited me it was one of those things where you sign someone up underneath you they're going to get a bonus type of thing okay. so that's kind of what led me where'd you grow the... up? Cedar City Cedar City yeah
0: so you joined uh, based off of a friend saying hey sign up so I can get a bonus yeah thing.
1: essentially and, and okay. honestly the interesting th- the interesting thing about that story is that the guy who recruited me he didn't even end up enlisting so yeah he <laughs> I don't know that he got his bonus or whatever but he came to me as was like hey this is a great idea we're really good friends uh, grew up with him sixth grade this is you know now we're out of high school he said i'm doing this man you should do this he talked me up and he was like kind of a lot like you just shorter though he was a all-state wrestler like i don't know if he was if he won state but he was he was good and so i really looked up to this guy okay uh, you know he was a stud needless to say and so when i i, I mean i went I enlisted, I signed and everything, and, and Ruben, all things like, man, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. <laughs> was like, he, did he just get cold feet? I think so. Yeah, I, yeah if I remember correctly, it just, it, I don't know. Knowing him now, yeah, he wouldn't have probably done well in, in the military, because he's not insubordinate, but he just likes to make his own choices, make his own decision, kind of run his own show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Still a great guy. Outstanding guy.
0: Yeah. So you joined uh, in what what year?
1: I believe it was 2000.
0: And where did you go to basic?
1: Man, I went to what, what a lot of people called Relaxin' Jackson in South Carolina. Relaxin' Jackson? Yeah, Fort Jackson. Okay. My experience was probably much like a lot of the basic training experiences. However, I was one of those bases that we did have females.
0: I've never known that before. How did they separate? Do they have their own bathrooms, basically?
1: They, they do. They have girls barracks, boys barracks, and there was actually a, there was like three drill sergeants to each platoon and there was always one female
0: and basic did you, were you one of the guys that kind of tried to hide a lot like just don't don't volunteer for anything don't
1: that didn't work out in my favor though because i did <laughs> i just i just kept my head down that's what they said you know that's what my recruiter told me that's what a lot of the guys that were that went out before me and came back said just just fly low and then they uh they wanted to make me a what was it a pg platoon guy and so with that came lots of smoke sessions man yeah (laughs) i was messing up left and right because i mean i'm still i'm 18 19 years old wet behind the ears don't know how to lick about leading whatsoever and so yeah i was constantly just getting drilled man
0: so explain explain what smoking is
1: oh it's like same thing as like when they say beat your face right like get down and get some push-ups or go do some squat thrust diaz or you know go make yourself look like an ass and do some donkey kicks or something until we tell you to stop. What are donkey kicks? Oh man, it's like you just jump up and down. It's like a jumping jack, but instead you just kind of, you rear up your foot and you got to make sure your your heel the, or the back of your That's foot your butt. kicks your butt.
0: <laughs>
1: so they, yeah, I mean for minutes. I mean, they made us do
0: high knees, but not, oh, yeah. they didn't make us do those. So which one was your, your least favorite? I mean, they all, they all
1: suck after a while. They really but. did can't say i had a favorite one that sucked the most like <laughs> squat thrusts were always the hardest uh it's you know kind of like that burpee uh-huh. status thing so those ones man those ones killed me
0: do you have a specific smoke session that you remember that was particularly awful so and why some
1: silly too i was just marching the platoon up to the chow hall you were right? the pg at the time yeah okay yeah. uh kind of new right maybe just promoted i guess and uh we were kind of in the middle of lots of different trainings i think we were just getting out of like classroom doing classroom stuff but we also drew our weapons and we were starting to get familiar with those and we we had two two soldiers that stayed back and watched all of the all of the weapons and i didn't think that they needed to eat apparently and i forgot all about them so i marched the rest <laughs> of the guys up and i come back and they're just still standing there at parade rest the best soldiers you got you can yeah. find right just standing there the look on their faces however though they were just Yes,
0: So maybe it worked the same way in the Marines. You had two. Diz- You're supposed to designate two to eat faster. Yes. And run down and replace yes. them, and then leave come- the okay.
1: other two. But oh, you didn't do that. Totally forgot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I'd been watching it this whole time. I wasn't pull a tune guide up until this point. I saw it, but just whatever slipped my mind, I guess. And mm-hmm. so it was that was ongoing. That was from the end of the chow until everything was done. Whatever we were doing that night, but that was from So the if chow. you
0: weren't doing something essential you were being smoked. Yeah, essentially. Well, if you
1: weren't listening or if you were falling asleep, you know, in class, I had guys that would fall, like they would put water in their mouth and fall asleep and they would leave it in there and it would, and the drill sergeant would walk by and be like,
0: wake up and get to the back of the river. I've never (laughs) heard of anybody doing that on purpose. Oh, no. Put it in their mouth on purpose. Yes. Because then if they fall asleep, it'll wake them up. Right,
1: right, right. But no, man, these guys, they were honest, man. They were.
0: It's hilarious. So the drill star, drill sergeants would see the water dripping.
1: Yes. Like, we know what you're doing. a huge mess. Or they'd just see like it dribble, <laughs> but it was just excessive amounts, and it would just be all over their BDUs, busted. That's hilarious. Yeah.
0: This is one time in officer candidate school. They said, if you need to, smack the guy in the back of the head in front of you to kind of keep him awake. So I saw this guy kept falling asleep. I hated being smacked in the back of my head. So I'm like, well, I'll just I'll help him out and pour some cold water down his back, you know? <laughs> i pour a little cold water down his back he was pissed i don't know i take water i guess yeah, i yeah. imagine
1: this guy like you smacking someone and never <laughs> piss him off <laughs> even further yeah. going, just doing talk.
0: that's funny i never heard of that before
1: yeah we did whatever we could to try to stay awake so
0: did you remain pg for the remainder
1: i did man i graduated guide.
0: did you have a favorite drill sergeant and least favorite drill sergeant
1: Man, nah, I, well, I thought they were all equally hardcore, even yeah. the female one was scared the hell out of me from time to time. She was even pregnant when I was there.
0: Why did she scare you, her in particular? She was just
1: tough, man. Like, just could do more push-ups than some of the guys, could rucksack further. Like, yeah, she's pregnant. Yeah, and she was pregnant during the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. I'm like, okay, well, that's very intimidating. Needless to yeah. you guys women did you ever see any of your fellow
0: privates um so like in particular for example one night they were making this guy clean when we were all on the rack and he was he was screaming the whole time right so did you have anything like that happen
1: no not necessarily I, that sounds like a kind of a psychotic breakdown almost <laughs> because you know they're, they're really putting us through some hard stuff you know uh no there was an incident where there was a scuffle in the barracks i mean just everybody was pissed off at everybody and uh it actually woke up the barracks next door and I think they're the ones, their quartermaster called our drill sergeant. He came in and we did it at what's called an address change that night. It's basically where we take all of our possessions, bunk, well we don't have much right just are your bunk and your wall locker you take all that outside and you set it up and you sleep outside and (laughs) it it wasn't like we went to sleep outside though he's like as soon as we had it all set up and we're so
0: you took all the bunk beds outside with everything else everything,
1: and set it up just like it was set up inside just right outside our barracks yeah Uh our barracks they were I, i think they were like uh mobiles because they at the time the barracks were being renovated so we had like these just mobile units yeah and we had an asphalt pad and yeah just almost like a a great big basketball asphalt pad yeah that's where we set it up
0: i've never heard of that happening (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy
1: it was uh really so how long did you spend out there humbling experience pretty much all night
0: were you were you in oh you
1: mean you mean in in basic carolina no no? sorry uh outside sleeping outside wasn't very long as soon as we got all of our stuff out we we thought we were maybe gonna sleep outside (laughs) (laughs) he said guess what get it back inside now so we did that one time and then after that we whatever we squashed it and we all made amends so all the
0: privates were mad at each other basically yeah there's
1: i I can't really remember what the heck it might have had something to do with like the rotation for uh the sleep, the quartermaster, yeah. is the one, the person that stays okay. up. Guys weren't weren't having the the roster that night or something. I don't okay. know. Okay.
0: So uh, it was what ten weeks basic, and then would you would you go after that?
1: Stayed right on base, man. Uh, we just moved to a different location.
0: The initial entry into the school was it kind of like the introduction to basic, or was it a lot more toned? Down. Oh, it was
1: way more toned down. They actually treated us like, like students. Like soldiers? Yeah, soldiers.
0: Okay. And it was a mechanic school? Yeah, right, okay. it was
1: a wheeled mechanic. wheeled mechanic. We still had to earn earn our privileges. It wasn't until about, about three or four weeks in it where we knew we had the opportunity to like ditch base and go out for the weekend. And mm-hmm. so we were really hyped about that. But we had to learn or work cohesively and, and our drill sergeant wanted everything dress right, dress.
0: And how'd that go? Anybody, uh... Get in trouble on the one? Anybody lose
1: career? privileges? No, we actually maintained. Yeah. At, at this point or we're pretty, you know, yeah. uh are respect- Still too nervous to make make yeah. stupid choices. Well we've we've been broken down a little bit, so now we, we you know we have some discipline and we're a little bit better head on our shoulders than, mm-hmm. than the buffoons, I guess we were going into this, you know, training thinking, having it all figured out type of scenario. No, we did we did good. We hit some clubs and uh I wanna say it was like the five star district in downtown Columbia. Is it columbia South Carolina, what is the capital? Whatever the it was Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. There was uh just a whole like block of bars. We went there and we stayed together as a group, no one got any trouble, no one got any fights. It was it was a good time. It's amazing. Yeah. That's good. I know, right? <laughs> I to think we're all pent up and we're just yeah. getting our asses beat yeah. the whole time.
0: Did you get a break between basic and MOS school? Or did mm-hmm. you
1: just? I just went straight into it. The next day? Yeah, basically.
0: Wow. Awesome. So what, what, where'd you go after your 10 weeks MOS school? Did you come back and join the unit in Cedar City?
1: Yeah, so I was always a part of that unit. I just shipped off for, for training. Uh, I came back here and then started doing the weekend warrior stuff, right? It was a really short, I guess it wasn't that short of a break. I think I got back in um, somewhere in October. And then the unit already knew about the up and coming stateside deployment which would have been the 2000 that was winter the winter
0: olympics okay and
1: so naturally i they were not looking for volunteers they already knew we were going to get mobilized so i came home i worked for a little bit and then moved up to salt lake which was kind of a neat experience
0: how long were you up there for
1: uh i think it was only for like three two to three months two to three months I don't really count that as an activation but okay. they did it's all time counted as active service versus what i signed up to do
0: what did you do what was your role up there
1: uh so magtometer sweeping a lot of that stuff Checking for bombs yeah okay and then and then sweeping vehicles okay we worked we worked directly with the secret service which was really cool that was like really good uh cross training yeah um they have a great insight you know they had all the bells and whistles all the the resources the dogs and stuff but that was it that was our primary gig was just security yeah we didn't have any f- actual fun but it was still kind of cool to to be a part of mm-hmm. you know it yeah. was cold cold as ice though (laughs) 24 hours in salt lake in the winter time so it was like was it uh, negative three degrees downtown sometimes
0: was there someone always on shift or was it more like a oh no
1: it was a 24 hour ops yeah okay yeah always would you you have
0: 12 hour shifts or yep
1: yeah if i remember correctly yeah we just had yeah guys going at night and then guys going during the day and Uh at some point halfway i think we switched that around they gave us some liberty time on that too it was hilarious we uh we got our time and we were so excited we forgot how to drive man so a buddy of mine had like had a he i think he had a cousin or somebody who loaned him a, just a little single toyota uh, tacoma with the camper shell there might have actually there might have been like a, a little crew cab so because i remember there being him a driver two guys in the back and then me and shay cowan in the actual back ready to hit the road and head back to cedar just for the weekend yeah. and we leave our barracks but we hit, it was hilarious, man. We, we make, downtown Salt Lake, right? The Roads are one way, some of them are not, and we hit the opposite traffic, and we're going head on with these cars. <laughs> and, and he's going left, and you're going right, and we're in the back, and me and Shea Coward. Just Cause you didn't around. know it was a one way or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're still really young, keep yeah. in mind. And then he takes the median, jumps the median, and then boom, hits the freeway. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, that's, that's a good way to start Liberty Weekend off, I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so all your all the guys you were with were living
1: in Cedar? Uh yeah. So, so essentially, wear. man, uh, everybody that I kind of grew up with, a lot not everybody, but a lot of guys that uh, are close to me now, joined the military and we're still close to this day. So a lot of the guys that are in the stories are yeah. are people that I still talk to.
0: That's awesome. So okay, so you came back two thousand two after the the Winter Olympics deployment and then just back to more of the same until you're deployed to Iraq?
1: Yeah, so at this point I was working doing the daily grind, weekend stuff and then there was Operation Upward Movement, right? This was around 2003 where we almost, we got activated but they started moving into Iraq Mm -hmm. and that's when I feel like everybody was just on high alert. Well, we got mobilized and we went and uh, shipped out to Fort Carson. Essentially, we just accelerated into the summer camp. And then uh, I think we were there for maybe two months. And then all of a sudden, no, we're not shipping you guys out anymore. We actually took off to Fort, Fort Tacoma after this. And that was probably by far the coolest activation I'd ever, I'd ever been on. And it was simply our, our directive changed from warfare to training uh, ROTC co- college cadets, oh. we didn't even do the teaching. We just did a lot of the demonstrating. Yeah, you know, we set up the land nav. I was actually in charge of, with uh, some other guys in charge of the automatic weapons range.
0: We had and, uh, like cor- uh, corporal through sergeant, lance corporal through sergeant, and OCS that were just doing basically demonstrations and uh, the training like that, and they they loved it. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that duty. Huh.
1: We set up the Mark 19, the 50 cal, and just lit up the range, man. And when we put so many uh, rounds down range, we lit it up on fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> cool. <laughs> and they just let it burn. It, you think it's Fort Louis, Tacoma, it's going to be raining. No, we got there right at the at the end of the wet season, and it just all dried up. And yeah. here we are with our tracer rounds. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, it's burning. Just watch it burn so explain
0: what happened after that your lead up to you so went to M- Ramadi right
1: yeah this was oh three. I come back home get back into the daily grind uh, and then about a year and a half maybe two years later you know there's troops already now they've established in Iraq uh-huh. and now they're rotating them out so naturally we got on that rotation and it was around oh four. we ship out to Camp Shelby in Mississippi and did more urbanized training got fresh with our weapons claw and yeah, it was kind of the same thing. Camp Shelby was great training, but there were even better party times, I guess, for, for us and the guys. I got to meet some really cool guys, and they had a NCO club right on base, and so they could always tell when we've uh, when we've indulged ourselves or had a great part, you know, a great time. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, how could how could you tell? Also, one of the guys was like, you know, how I could tell, because you're walking down the street. Flapping your arms, Diaz, going Blue Falcon, <laughs> Blue Falcon, and and Clifton is being held up by two other guys because he's got blood coming down his knees. You can
0: usually tell when someone's been.
1: Drinking. Yeah, I mean the whole yeah. squad looks like crap when we're coming back to the barracks. Yeah. Uh,
0: what was the Blue Falcon thing?
1: No, so it was. It's short for like buddy. Like you left you. You're a buddy fucker, right? Oh, that's right. You know what right. I mean? So that's right. That's really what, what that meant. I know what it I means. I know. Me too. I'm refreshing <laughs> it up, man. And, Been a while. Uh, and, so who are
0: who are you calling a blue falcon?
1: Oh man, I don't know somebody who left. We so because we, we're walking back from the NCO club. I know we didn't walk there to begin with. Oh, so, so somebody just left pissed. you there. Yeah, like, okay. our ride just left us. <laughs> Luckily, it's a really small base, but still, I think what happened, Clifton fell in a ditch, and that's why he's being burnt his ass. And he was he was like one of the bigger guys, you know. Oh. <laughs> it's like just leave him in the ditch. We'll come and get him tomorrow. <laughs>
0: I've been using Isogenics since 2017. These products have made a world of difference in my quality of life, health, energy, muscle definition, strength, and endurance. My bread and butter products have been the Daily Essential Multivitamins with Isogenesis, which is a telomere support supplement, the Isolane Meal Replacement Shake, the Tri Release Protein Shake, the Collagen, the Green Drink, and the cleanse for life support system. However, isogenics has many products and can cater to your unique lifestyle and goals. Click the link in the show notes or visit nmp.isogenics.com. That's nmp.isagenx.com to find out more. Besides just using the products, there is an option to partner with me and the company to build your own business with no capital up front. You can do as little as pay for your products and as much as making a full-time income. I love these products and will use them the rest of my life. You can also message me if you have any questions.
1: I think we flew into Qatar. Uh, in Kuwait and then we, we took some Chinooks into like just really south Iraq which was a base called NAVSTAR but from there, there was just like a, a group of detail that took all of our equipment, the convoyed it up up uh, to Ramadi, the Anbar province or whatever so that was the very beginning but at the end of like the whole deployment looking back at that experience, we're so blessed that nothing went off because we had sandbags and steel plates all around us so yeah. we had nothing on top and when we were there, we had the M11, M1114s starting to move out, which were just completely armored Humvees, yeah, all the way up to the the turret. You know, it had like the shield, yeah. the bulletproof vest. Yeah, that was that was a shitty drive. Needless to say, it was <laughs> it was long. <laughs> it was like, oh man, there was a obviously a security team right from our from our battalion, and I remember them stopping the whole the whole convoy because they're like, oh dude, there's IED on the side of the road. We gotta we gotta check this out. So they're out there driving around, and what felt like hours, and they found the ID, which was awesome, but it it didn't detonate. Yeah. And we're like, dude, we're so lucky. You're so lucky. Was it on no? the road? I believe it was just off on the side of the road. Okay. I I don't remember exactly. It was, it was really dark, but I think I heard uh, like someone else's kind of their side of the story of, of it, and that's that's essentially what happened. Like, yeah, we found one, didn't go off. Lucky us. we'll just keep on trucking. So we get, and then we get into uh, Fabramati and like we go right through the gate and there's like a hard shed building, like really big. It's almost like a warehouse size. That's mm-hmm. where our our, uh, our gym was and like our-
0: chall or the- Well, no, PX just like
1: the wreck or... building almost, okay. you know, but our gym was there. Anyways, they had all of us pop out some cots and, and, and sleep there. Little did we know that was like right at the front gate. We didn't know, we just came in the gate, we stopped, we, up our racks and then hit hit the bed and this is like what day two now of being in country and we're all just all of a sudden just this loud shoo, boom and i thought what hit the building because it shook us all awake we yeah. all roll off our cots onto the ground and uh yeah that was like the first, the first that was the very first start of it so hey, okay, we're here everybody it a did you see us coming in yeah just indirect fire it okay. sounded like a rocket uh, looking back after, you know, learning the difference between mortars and rockets, that was mm. definitely a rocket. Yeah. That was that was just ongoing. They mm. were always indirect fire, just always. The <laughs> rockets they had
0: aren't, weren't very accurate, right? No. Yeah. They no, get they lucky just, sometimes,
1: but. Yeah, they got real close. I mean, so close. So close. Yeah. I felt the dirt hit my face. I'm like, yep, I'm all right. Wait, wait. No, nope, I'm all right. I'm all right. Check on McCoy or something yeah. else. Yeah
0: so uh you were in
1: iraq for a year so yeah that that went down for a whole year so it was like i swear it was like half of 04 and then all the way to 06 or the end of 05 i think is about how down. Yeah. yeah yeah and that's that's pretty standard stuff you go out there convoy security op lots of op um and then wrecker missions we weren't really doing the door-to-door stuff that was you guys mm-hmm. in fact i you know marines came in and out of uh, fabramati all the time and uh i got to meet some of the guys which were awesome because being a mechanic they would see the bay be like hey man can you hook us up I'm like, hell yeah i'll hook you guys up whatever you guys need." so were to you do working course. on
0: their vehicles too oh yeah yeah
1: yeah i obviously i, I made sure my my chief was okay with it but I think he was on the same page, but they had well, their
0: own mechanics.
1: Well, they, but they, they did, but they were clearly like a different, uh, you know, different OP or different FOB. Th- these guys might have been out of uh, Baghdad, the Air Force Base.
0: So it was more like an impromptu ask. Yeah. Hey, this happened. Can you yeah. fix this real quick? Or yeah. Something? Essentially,
1: okay. so there was a lot of camar- camaraderie built. You know, there's a lot of stigma sometimes between Marines mm-hmm. and, and Army guys, but not when you're in, not when you're in country. Yeah, now when you're in country it's it's things different. Change. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really different.
0: I mean, I had I had two intelligence guys with me from the army and ordnance disposal team was air force and so we never had any any problems. There was really no jokes going on or nothing in okay. country, so I know you had your it wasn't your battalion commander but a lieutenant colonel that was he was killed in that suicide bombing right yeah
1: that's correct it was he was attached to us he was attached so he we did technically lose um, a man well we were in country but i believe he was the only man yeah you know your
0: whole battalion came back i think right i think the
1: whole battalion.
0: one of your guys lost his arm right i don't know i think he went to check on ied on the road and it went off and it took his arm oh
1: i think you're right i think i, think was I remember that
0: major casualty right but he survived well we had we
1: had another one too braxton mccoy i don't know if you heard about him but he was he was also out there with that suicide bomber okay um i happened to be on that detail as well and he got he got blasted he didn't lose any extremities but um he got some shrapnel oh yeah pretty nasty oh yeah. yeah they carried him out and then he left the country and i think i've talked to him once since since maybe twice he's come around when I was living in cedar still he would come down there obviously that's the hub it's Mm -hmm. headquarters battery so he would go down there and say hi from time to time
0: yeah was there anything that happened uh maybe with your mental health or ptsd that that you would like to share that and also how you overcame it
1: I'm a pretty level-headed guy man I usually try to always see the upside in all even bad scenarios but little did I know that I suffered from it though just based upon like the, the evaluations they did on me. And I find, honestly, what works the best is prayer and stretch and meditation type of stuff to really, really lower the anxiety. What gets me the most is the uncertainty, I, I suppose.
0: Yeah, the uncertainty will drive you nuts. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here, really appreciate it.
1: You're welcome, Troy. Okay. Anytime.
0: Thank you for listening. Please tell your friends and family so that we can bring more joy and awareness to those struggling with suicide ideation and the families who desperately need help after the loss of someone they love to suicide.
1: morning chow right i'm just standing in line the way the chow hall stands or it lines up it's just like a brick wall there's a door you go into the door and i get right about to the entrance of the door and the the chow hall ladies they get a glimpse of me they they can see they can see who i am i still have my hat on i'm not in the building yet but uh one of them notions to me and says is that ooh we that ain't sensual chocolate is it and this has nothing to do with, like, America, uh, coming to America. Have you ever seen Coming to America with Eddie Murphy? Long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a guy named Central Chocolate in there, but nothing. <laughs> there's no connection there. I'm like, Central Chocolate? And I'm looking back behind me, and, and Captain Caldwell, of all people, of, of the battalion of head batteries, in front of me and looks at me and says, Diaz, I think she's talking to you. Why don't you just go ahead to the front <laughs> of the line? She's notioned me to come up to the front of the line. And so little did I know uh, my good friend, Davini uh the ladies the honeys at the the chow hall were asking like hey who's this guy mo and who's this guy diaz can you hook us up and really black uh yeah okay yeah so he's in there before you yeah so he's this is like another i think he was having dinner and they were asking they were inquiring about oh you got any honeys yeah okay yeah and uh so they were like, "What's who's, who's Diaz is? What you know?" And he says to them, "Oh, you mean sensual chocolate? Oh, I'll tell you all about that." <laughs> and so the next day, I come and that's how yeah, I was my breakfast was served to me as sensual chocolate. Were they
0: hitting on you where you were going through? Oh yeah, really? oh
1: yeah, Captain Caldwell, it was there. It was, there was a lot higher up, man. It was kind of embarrassing. Were they
0: honeys, or or they just thought you were the honey?
1: Oh, they thought I was. Well, the honeys being the female. Yeah. Yeah. So like the the girls in the Chow Hall. Who are always taking a, a jab at the guys or going after us? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They like those Southern Utah boys, I suppose. <laughs> oh, no, right? And
0: but, you were a Southern Utah boy that was dark.
1: Yeah, so I just like, happened to be. So they were probably like astonished.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you're national? You're, you're Hispanic, right? Yes, sir.
1: Yeah. Is your Hispanic and
0: 100 percent?
1: Uh, no. Like my mom is Hispanic. My dad is Guam.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well,
1: Central Chocolate, thanks for
0: that story. Yeah, you bet, Ghost Turd Stories donates 50% of its profits from the sale of our merchandise line and our content subscriptions to carefully selected families of veterans and first responders who have taken their own life. The other 50% is used to grow the company in order to bring greater awareness of the struggle many veterans and first responders have relating to mental health challenges and suicide ideation. The profits from the sale of our books will go to pay the veterans and first responders whose stories are showcased and to build the company resulting in more people helped and lifted out of the struggle. To help spread the word and be part of the Ghost Turd Stories movement, you can purchase merchandise at ghostturdstories.myshopify.com. To be part of a growing community and movement and to subscribe to additional content, besides our podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash ghost turd stories. Thank you.